Welcome in. It is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He is Dave Simone, live from a golf trip. Looks like a nice right. screened-in porch area you got there. Yeah, I got a dad's uh, dad's buddy. We're up in Springfield playing the member guest Springfield Country Club. We're in we're in second place after day one in our flight. Feeling good. So. Had some ribs for dinner. Had some ribs, ready to talk about anything but conference realignment. So what do you got for us tonight? All right, so let's uh, let's get to conference realignment. No, I'm All right, kidding. I'll have a good night. Uh, I, will <laughs> I still laugh that people think that the topic is going to get me over two hours. Like, I got a deck with beer and wine and cigars and a swimming pool. And it's like beautiful weather. You guys think I'm going to sit here on this podcast and talk about this stuff for more than two hours? We're going to get you at some point over two hours, but there's no shot it's tonight. Not It ain't tonight. (laughs) There is no shot it is tonight. We're lucky. We're lucky we get 10 minutes out of you this week. That's true. I mean. (laughs) You got a red solo cup. I imagine there's not ice water in there. there. There is not. You're, you're sitting on a, a delightful-looking screened-in porch. I see trees yep. in the background. I, it yep. looks like, are you on the course? Like, no. is where you're staying on the course? Uh, no, we, he lives not even five minutes from the course. Yeah. I mean, this, so. is a rough, this is a rough weekend for Dave, and your kid is home sick as a dog. That is, your, two, that is your two-year-old accurate. is sick as a dog with your wife. So um, I know my mom will listen to this, so I want to shout out Carrie Simone. She's been a, a big help. Uh, and obviously my wife, she will not listen to this, so I don't need to give her any shout outs, but I, I had somebody, uh, Tuesday, Dave, I was, uh, I was at the gas station getting some gas and getting ready to roll up to Kenwood and, uh, and, and do radio for Mo. And all of a sudden somebody shouts my name and I'm like, I look around, I don't see anybody I recognize. And then I see a guy in a car and I walk over and he's like, Guess what I'm listening to? And I lean my head in the car. He's listening <laughs> to the podcast. Hey, we're, we're, we're reaching all over the place. Northern Kentucky uh, uh, Thorntons. There you go. Somebody just cruising around listening right. to the BCJ podcast. It might have been the BBP because it was Tuesday. What level of celeb status are we? Are we like D-list celebs? Probably D list. Like I've had I mean, people, you know, several, several years ago, some guys came up to me at a Bengals game after the UCLA uh, day, you know, Dave after dark there. They, the they shouted, the infamous Dave after dark they shouted me out that, that, you know, that day. So we're, we're you know, we, we're like E, E or F list. You, you, maybe. Had, you had a guy at Amazon when you were part-time in at Amazon. Yeah, that, I, I did. I did. So, I mean, I, I've had people in the, the independence Kroger stop me. It's for me, it's the hat. <laughs> Everybody right. sees the BCJ logo on the hat. You, you're like, a, a, a more marketing maven. I have a sticker on my car. That's about it. <laughs> let's do. Uh, let's let's do hard knocks first. The, sure. Bear, the Bearcats version of hard knocks, and and then we'll we'll get into something that's hard to believe, Dave. What's that? And then that well, well that's oh, a tease. Yes, I mean I know. It just took me. A you second. know, but something that's hard to believe, and then we'll maybe talk some conference realignment. Maybe. <laughs> you know you want to. I mean, not really. <laughs> but I know that's what 
people want to hear us talk about. So we give let's the, see we what give, we give the people what they want. I mean, that thread's like over four hundred responses already. It's at twenty two thousand views in twenty four <laughs> hours. So we are we are rolling it right up right under a thousand clicks an hour on that thread. Hey, it's good for business, man. Somebody was like, "Why did you close the old one?" I was like, "Trust me, I know what I'm doing. I've I've, I've done this before." Yeah, it's like uh, you know, you you give them, you give them, you give them, then you take it away for a little bit, and then when you give it back to them, <laughs> you know, they're, they're fiending, they're jonesing. It's like the uh, the Eddie Murphy Ritz cracker skit. When, when you haven't had sex in a long time, and then you have sex, somebody gives you a cracker, and you're like, I, "That's not a cracker. That must be a Ritz. That's the best cracker I have had." It's just right. a plain old saltine. <laughs> very basic, generic cracker that you guys will gobble up. A cracker. A cracker. So, um, hard knocks. Awesome. Oh, totally awesome. I mean, that's the type of stuff that. You know, we've been told that when they've been able to finally move past the pandemic and bring in some more people, one of the main talking points has been we want to do a better job of telling our story, our athlete's story, uh, not just gamers, not just stuff like that, but like letting people inside of who our athletes are. And there's really no better way to do it than to put something together like that. They talked about it at our last fan council meeting. It's gonna be six parts, uh, around 10 minutes or so an episode. So- They're not good. Like my prediction by the end, you're gonna be looking at like 17 to 20 minute episodes. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Just depends on how much good content you have. I mean, you're not gonna cut cut good stuff out just to keep it around a certain time. But yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, I don't, I mean, you don't see that stuff being produced. At least I haven't on kind of the school level. There's a lot of it on SEC network. There's a lot of it on ESPNU where they'll follow around a team for like a full 30 minute type deal. I know Ole Miss football had one a couple of years ago. Ole Miss golf actually had one. Um, but yeah, for them to, to put the, production and the manpower behind it i think it's going to be sweet because we know like coach fickle from from that level coach collins from his level they're not going to tell them no right like they're going to give them yeah i mean we get whatever access i mean pretty much what we want they're certainly not going to tell in-house people no so it's going to be like really it's going to be just like hard knocks like the players will probably at some point not realize that they're being filmed for a show like that. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Like, I, I'm excited to see what storylines emerge. Because that's one thing. Like, I've done something similar. It's been a while. But back in 2004, uh, I was granted full access at Rupp Arena, the Cubcast basketball team. And, like, I was in the hotel with them. I was, you know full access to the locker room, the head coach, walkthroughs, the games, like you name it, I had access to it. And, and you just don't know until you're actually, a lot of times, until you're actually sitting back and watching the footage, like, oh man, we got, we got a little something here. Oh yeah. And, and, and you start to explore it and then it, it develops into, you know, a, a five, six minute segment and 
they're going to end up with hundreds of hours of tape. Oh, it's going to be a editing, like, it's <laughs> going to be wild. Because, like, yeah, you always have, like, you know, you're going to follow Dez or Sauce or MyJ. But, like, the big thing with Hard Knocks was always, like, the, the characters that you uncover. Right. And can then showcase that, you know, yes, the the diehard Bengals or Cowboys or whoever's on Hard Knocks fans know about but the national audience doesn't know about. And those are the kind of guys that are sometimes even the, the more interesting ones because the guys that are in the spotlight a lot, you know, right or wrong, like they're used to talking. So they've kind of have rehearsed answers. Yeah. So when you get some guys that maybe this is their first time in the spotlight, they might be a little bit more willing to, you know, show their personality. I'm looking forward to it. And knowing that Shark is in charge, um, Kelsey Sharkey, the one that that handles a lot of, uh, most of what UC does uh, in the video department outside of, uh, or inside the football program, you know, knowing that, that Shark is in charge, like this is right up her alley because she's a great storyteller. Like she knows exactly what's going on. And I'm excited to see the new guy um eichel davis who just came in as the director of creative video for uc and this is going to be like his first big project so I'm, I'm excited to see what different he brings to the table and kudos to uc for really building out that department because there's so much these days that can be told via video and, and social media and it's free marketing like not free in the i mean you got to pay your people for it but you're not paying an outside company to come in and, and do this. You're, you're, you're doing it in-house and you're having the people that you hired to do these jobs uh, and, and trusting them to really tell a story. And uh, I'm pretty excited to see the story that we, uh, we get from this crew. I, I, I'm fired up about it. For sure. I always like, I'll still always remember, I think still to this day, my favorite video that, they've ever done that Kelsey's ever done is the game after the first UCLA game because I where they had all the haters right I love when they embed comments from whether good or bad like in that case it was like UC is gonna lose they're not any good like but like in this one that they just put out it's like everybody all the people nationally that are hyping them up it just like gets you going like it's like hell yeah we are that good like yeah you know I, I usually don't care if anybody's you know talking about them because i you know we know or we feel like we know but you know there's legit hype all over the place and it needs to be told like they need to that needs to be out there what does this say to you about their confidence level for this season that they're this is something that that's being pursued what's what you do when you've got super seniors when you've got des as your quarterback when you've got sauce when you've got my kobe Beavers, you know, Vinny McConnell. I don't want to leave anybody out, but like the Blanco. When you've got a, you've Brooks, got a veteran Brown, Taylor. Right, a veteran team, <laughs> veteran team that's had success. It's one thing to have a veteran team coming back and you think you can be good, but like we're like, oh, we got we had a great year last year, and we got all these guys coming back. Like we feel comfortable that they can handle something like this and it's not gonna matter. Yeah. Anything else on on Bearcats Hard Knocks? No, I'm just excited. I mean, the first one's in a week. 
Yeah, I, I'm, they've been uh, they've been preparing for this for a couple weeks. They they just dropped it on us today. Yeah, they were uh, at, they were at uh, Squat Fest, so I wonder if maybe you and me or Aaron will get a cameo. Maybe, and then you would have to think, you know, out at higher ground, me standing around, get Brendel watching on uh, how many how many cameos I get in the uh, the do episode. Do we get any like residuals? I, I I think there should be royalties on that. Like, yeah, you get a big bump if you got if you got a shot of me or you or, or Aaron. Well, I mean, hanging if out. A, if you get a shot of me, people will probably turn off. But. <laughs> Um, all right, let's let's get to thing number two, topic number two today. Kind of leery to talk about this. Does this mean does this mean we're mainstream now? Maybe. Because I don't want to be I don't want to be that. I mean, we don't really, I mean, they, they pulled us in, Dave. So probably because I, I was harassing Chuck about why Media Day was virtual when everybody else's is in person. <laughs> Tuesday, I, I get an email from Chuck Sullivan, Assistant Commissioner for Communications for the American Athletic Conference. I don't get many of those. They, they're not, for whatever reason. They, they're they, not they reaching out to us too often. They don't love us for whatever reason. I can't imagine why. I don't know. Probably some jerk that runs some Twitter account. Constantly badgering them. Yeah, telling them, to uh, let, me, let me make your schedules because you guys are terrible at it. As we have in past years, we're asking select media members to participate in our annual preseason football poll. Uh, and and I, they sent me a link. So this is due tomorrow. Uh, the results are released next week as part of the virtual football media day program. And uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to rank 11 through one the American athletic conference going into the season. You are much more well-versed in this than I. So we start at the bottom, right? Well, I, I, know, the I know three for sure. And then we can debate the rest. Okay. So should we start at the bottom? Is that start where we where, should we start? Should wherever start? You want. Well, do you want to start with one? Like yeah, 11. Start, like a, start with one. Really? Well, go, well, yeah, we'll go to the we'll go to the bottom. Why would I, why would I start with the worst? Like they, they don't deserve our time. Well, because we can move quickly past the bottom. I don't know, but see, the middle is the the middle to the bottom is the debate part. Like I have something I'm going to propose to you, and we'll see how it goes. Okay, one Cincinnati. One Cincinnati, hands down. This is not up for debate. If they don't get all of the first place votes, there should be an investigation. Two Central Florida. Correct. Now we're going to skip to 11. Temple. Okay. I got Temple at 11. Okay. Three. This is where it gets interesting. My proposition is we put five teams in a hat and we just draw them out and put them three through seven. Okay. Because... What what is our mantra? Like we cannot take this seriously, right? Not, not no, we're not, not like dead serious. No. Why would why would we start right. now? Like that's I mean, it'd be more fun to just draw them out and be like, who the hell gave so and so a third place vote? Oh yeah, the Bearcat Journal guys. 
But in in reality, while you're while you're doing that, I have kind of waffled, and I have a totally new team that I think should be three that I do not think will be anywhere near third. Well, do you want to do you want to go out on a limb and make that team third? Uh, Tulsa. Okay. And I say this knowing that they have these wild swings of like really terrible year, then go to the conference championship. Doing more digging on the conference, on the preseason articles and everything. Yes, they lose David Collins. And yes, they lose their starting quarterback. How good he was, debatable. They literally bring back every single starter. No, out. they lost their two corners. No, they did not. They are back. They lost their they third. They transferred. Co- oh, their third corner transferred. Oh. There wasn't one of the others in the transfer portal? I do not believe he he left. They okay. bring back two. What teams am I putting down to put in the hat? Tulsa, Houston, SMU. Well, we already put Tulsa. Right. Tulsa's in third. Tulsa, Houston, SMU, so Houston. Memphis, Tulane. So Tulsa brings so back four. two Doak Walker nominees at running back. They bring back all three starting wide receivers. They bring back all five starting offensive linemen, one of which is very good. They bring back one of, if not the best defensive players. I won't say the best, but Jackson player, Maijay and Sauce are three of the five best defensive players in the conference. I could be wrong, and one of those corners might have left, but according to my Athlon college football preview, they are not, they did not leave when that was printed. Zayden Collins' replacement is a senior who's played plenty. They don't play UCF, and they have Memphis and Houston at home. Okay. And okay. I, don't think, I don't think they're going to be in the top five. Maybe what were their, what were their two, uh, corners? What were their names? Uh, one's like Allie Green. Position. Yeah, Allie Green and Akib or Akilab Evans. Evans might have been one of them transferred to Missouri. I think I don't know if it's one of those two guys, but neither of them are on the roster. Oh, well, either way. I don't think that changes. Their corners are Kalen Washington, DeMarco Williams, Reggie Ellis, Tyreek Carlson, Kenny Solomon, Trayvon Fuller, Tyon Davis, and Gerard Wheeler. Gerard Wheeler is not one. He is a center, not a cornerback. (laughs) But uh, either way, I'm going to keep them at third. Okay. I'm looking to make sure. Just looking to make sure. Yeah, I, I think I, I I was pretty sure they had their their two primary corners left. Yeah, I don't see them listed as defensive back or safety either. So, but it does it does sound like those two are gone? But I, I, the rest of the stuff still holds. Yeah, I just want to make sure that, we're at, we're accurate. Maybe that affects them a little bit, or a lot of bit. 
but I don't think they're going to be looked at in that same way. And I think that they should be like, like they got a transfer from Texas A&M Trayvon Fuller now at cornerback. I was looking to see if they had any other transfers in. Looks like the uh, Kenny Solomon. Do you know anything about Kenny Solomon? Dave? Not a clue. This is a transfer from Tennessee. No, don't know anything about Okay. Him. Okay. He must not have played much for the balls. Oh, so both of their corners transferred to Missouri. I think the defensive back coach went to Missouri. I only knew of the one. Yeah, so, I think their defensive back coach went to Missouri. Allie Green's the one that was uh, talking about the smoke. Yeah. He he didn't like the smoke, so he got out. So, yeah, so I have them – I would have them third or fourth, depending on the, the corner situation. I'm not sure. Their offense, though, well, I mean, returns pretty – You want me to put them in the hat? Now, with that information, put them in the hat. In the hat. All right. So who? So who's in the hat? Tulsa, SMU. Tulsa, SMU, Houston. Memphis, Tulane. Memphis, Tulane. All right. I think that's what this. I got. Hold on. Let's let's do this. Houston, Tulsa, Memphis. And you you SMU, draw them out, and I'll tell you. I'll give a little quick. Tulane. Little quick snippet about why they should be where they where they are. So this is three, four, five, six, and seven. Yes. Do we want to draw from three down or from seven up? Three down. Okay. Are we ready? Let's do it. All right. Here is number here, three. Here is the official Bearcat Journal preseason media poll. Third best team in the AAC. Houston. Bang. Tons of tons of transfers, make or break year. Don't play you play UCF. That's why they're third. All right. Who's their quarterback? Who oh Clayton Toon. He's back. He's good. Oh, okay. He's been there like 18 years. Feels feels like it. I feel like every quarterback in the American Conference feels like they've been there 18 years. Inclu- Not this including, year. Including ours. Inclu- yeah, including ours. Number four. Drum Number roll. four. Memphis. Memphis, Memphis, number four. Memphis. I don't really have a whole lot to say about Memphis because I don't think they're going to be any good, but we're going to put them number four because we don't care about stupid preseason polls. All right. We will move Memphis to number oh, four. Calvin, Calvin Austin is a bad dude, but I think he might be the only bad dude they have on offense. Uh, Grant Gannell, quarterback, transferred from Arizona. He was halfway decent when he was there. Maybe he's good in the AAC. Number five. Number five. SMU. SMU. Loads of town on offense. Don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Just got the SMU preview back today from from our buddy Billy. Uh, But defense, Jim Levitt coming in, still going to play the 3-4, attacking. So they think they're going to be good. I mean, they got – Dudes at wide receiver, Ulysses Bentley was a bad guy at running back last year. I'm just not sure about quarterback, and can the defense take that big of a jump? I think they'll be ranked third in the actual poll. Not shocking, Dave, but Tulsa and Tulane are the two names left in the hat 
Because no. as we have, they are one in the They're same. The same team. We have number six, Tulane. So the team you wanted to put number three, three comes in. We're seven. gonna put seven. Perfect. That's how, that's why this is fun. <laughs> Tulane, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, really good freshman quarterback last year. Kind of came out of nowhere. They're gonna run the ball. Defense, I've got some questions, though. You lose your two best defensive players. One, the Bengals drafted. Not good interior lineman in Cam Sample. I feel like Tulane's just like everybody talks about um, Willie Fritz. They're on the cusp. Every year, Willie Fritz, Willie Fritz. Like, here they come, here they come. And every year they go five and seven, six and six, or seven and five. Like, there's got to be a point now where there's like a, where there's a legitimate jump. Or, I mean, like what, they're just a middle of the road team. Number seven, no surprise. How are you talking Tulsa. about? So. But see, here's the thing. If they want to get mad at us for pulling names out of a hat, you've got the information. You just think that these five teams, there's there's no real significant difference between any of them. No, not really. Not where I, I have right. no con, I have no conviction to put X team ahead of Y team. Other than maybe Memphis. I'm just not I'm not seeing it out of them this year. They're the only like I would put Memphis behind. We got Memphis. them fourth. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, number uh, the teams we have remaining: <clears throat> eight, nine, and ten. We have East Carolina, Navy, and South Florida. I'm Who do you have at eight? ECU. Okay. They're close to being like with that other group that was in the hat. Yeah, I think they're close to being in the back end of that other group. Holton Naylor's, he's still like wildly inconsistent, but he has supreme talent. They have good running backs. Doke Doke Walker, final or watch list guy. Uh, everybody's back on the O line. Defense is going to be is going to be the question. They got good receivers. You know, defense is going to be the question. Uh, Schedule's fairly tough, but I think they're – a think, dinner bell? Somebody ringing a dinner bell? Yeah, something, something's going on. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think they're just like – they're pretty head and shoulders above the rest. In the that, other three. The other that, three right. are bad. They are. Number nine, Navy or South Florida? This is a tough one because – I want to say South Florida, but the roster is just hot garbage. But Navy, I feel like every year that they're in the conference is going to get worse and worse for them. Yeah. Because well, because teams figure out how to play the exactly. triple option. And it's not even that they figure it out like when now teams are playing them multiple times. Yeah. And it's, it's not even like, oh, we played him once. This is what we can do the second time. It's like, no, we've got like two, three games of tape on them. And they're just not able to recruit, for obvious reasons, the same type of guy that the rest of the conference can recruit. So I think it's a, kind of a toss-up between the two. Um, I, you know more about Navy, and like, I feel like it's hard to imagine them having like another really terrible year. The USF roster is just so, like, poop. <laughs> I mean, anybody that's good is young and hasn't done anything. 
We have no idea who the hell our quarterback's going to be. Like, I feel like Jeff Scott is a good hire for them, but like, this is literally like year 0.5 or year one. I mean, yeah. last year was a, t- and, and with some of these teams too, like the bad teams, like how much did COVID affect the bad teams? Like how, how much did those guys just say F it? And yeah. you know, stuff like that. We're like, you see like, yeah, COVID hit and they had, but like, we're playing for something. Like it's a totally different mindset. And these new coaches that had no spring practice or virtually no spring practice and no summer stuff. And like, how much did that affect them with a totally new roster and whatnot? But I mean, I, either way, you who, put whoever you want at nine and 10 and We'll get, we'll send, we'll submit it. I mean, do we put do we let's leave Navy at nine? Yeah, I, I, I would feel more Navy. confident with Navy not losing games that I think Navy they, beat they South Florida. One, they at least have one really good player. Their line, I linebacker think, is really good. Here's what this comes down to for me: Do I think Navy beats South Florida and Temple? Yes. So then I, I think Navy gets nine. Moeller High School would beat Temple. I say that they're, jokingly, but they're not good. They're awful. Like, all right, are we that? Are we done? We're done. We we did it. We so, ranked the teams: Cincinnati, Central Florida, Houston, Memphis, SMU, Tulane, Tulsa, East Carolina, Navy, South Florida, Temple, one through eleven. That is the first ever official Bearcat Journal submission into the American Athletic Conference preseason media poll. So did we register then for the media day? Because Chuck told me that, like, you could register for it this week or something. I have not been notified of needing to. We we better be able to register so we can get on the Zooms and ask questions and everything. That's what they want is me just firing ridiculous questions. What day is it? Do we Uh, know? Is it Wednesday? August August 4th and 5th, maybe something like that. Wow. Wednesday and Thursday, right before camp starts. I know it's, yeah, it might be 4th and 5th. I don't know. There's a tweet somewhere way, way back in my mentions where he responded with when it was. Okay. I'm ready to hit submit, Dave. This makes us official. We this are, makes us MSM. We are now feel, mainstream I media. I feel kind of dirty. Done. I feel like we just sold out. <laughs> we kind of did not not happy about it so i'm gonna but go we pulled we pulled teams we out, pulled of the names hat. out of the hat right so we we you know we sold out but we still you know stayed true to our roots of not giving a shit about stupid preseason polls right and you had information like it wasn't we, we didn't do it blindly no because that would be just hilarious if we'd have just done it blindly and like given Navy <laughs> all, first place all, ele- all 11 teams out of that oh <laughs> <laughs> surefire sure fire way to not get invited back to do this in 2022 because <laughs> that would have been like national like oh, yeah. you know like brett mcmurphy and all these people would have retweeted like the media poll where navy got a first who the <laughs> hell gave navy a first place vote I'd have been like, then, that was Dave, me. That I was did, me. Drew him out of a hat 
Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was on like a putting green and been like, okay, if I make this putt, Navy's first. If I miss it, this team's first. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. So that did. that was all you wanted to talk about tonight, right? We have to talk about it, Dave. All right. Whatever. I know you don't want to talk about it, but we have to talk about it. No, it's fine it. because like and I haven't been following it very much the last couple of days or whatever. I guess it's just the last day. I've been a little busy. Yeah. Like this is happening. Yeah. Hundred percent this is happening. This is not what might happen, right? Like this doesn't break and get Twitter all in a frenzy and like have the people talking about it in the way that they're talking about it without it being like, yeah, this is going to happen. No. And the way it happened clearly was Texas A&M leaking it. Yeah. Trying to be like, no, 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 no. Did you like, did you catch all of that? I don't know if you caught like how all that played out. I don't think so. So Texas A&M was about to go on stage at SEC Media Days, and the Texas A&M reporter from the Houston Chronicle broke the story. <laughs> so, so they asked to ask Jimbo about it? So Jimbo was ready with and quotes. And he talked super, super fast so no one could understand what he was saying? Somebody asked him, like, there, you know, there's a report that Texas and, Texas and Oklahoma went into the SEC, and Jimbo fired off, and I bet they do. And then uh, the AD, because the ADs never go to media days. The yeah, AD Ross, was Ross there. York is that the Ross yeah. Park, the AD, right? The AD was there, immediately ready to take questions as soon as the story came out. So as soon as Jimbo came off the podium, everybody stormed Ross Bjork and 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 hit him with questions about this thing. Like it was as blatantly clear as humanly possible that A&M was doing everything in their power, last-ditch effort to run this thing off the tracks. Which is the ultimate sign of petty. Well, here's the deal with that. I hate to bring it to you, A&M. Like, you're a very prestigious university. You got a lot of smart people that went there. You got a lot of football history. You have nowhere near the clout. To the Texas does. Texas and Oklahoma from doing whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Yeah. Not even a little bit. I mean, look, they tried to divorce their parents. And then their parents showed back up at the house. And, like kicked, this, and then kicked them out. Yeah. Well, they're not going to get kicked out, but they're going to be living in the guest house. Well, they're like, going to be they, rele- relegated. Like, yeah. They're not going to be, they're not living in the main house anymore. They're living in the pool house now. You know who's super excited about this just from a personal standpoint? Like, great. So now Tennessee can be like the 13th best team in the conference instead of like the 11th. Perfect. Well, yeah. Did, did you hear what the proposals are? What, like to the, make four this team, the four team divisions or whatever? Yeah. But, but ultimately, what it's going to mean is that Texas and Oklahoma will go into the West and that Alabama and Auburn will move into the East. Great. I mean, we already play Alabama every year anyway. Yeah, so that's not too different for Tennessee, but like for Kentucky? Oh, uh, how mad is Kentucky? Just, just Vanderbilt. Just poor, poor, poor Vanderbilt. But they know. They don't care. They're in on it. Yeah, but there are people that there are like diehards that are just have to be just crushed. Just like... Yeah. But anyway, 
this isn't an SEC podcast. No. Here's my so, here's, uh, okay. So here's my wild. So we like, I feel pretty confident. Like the Big Twelve has a phone call tonight, and Texas and Oklahoma aren't part of it. So if you're not part of the phone call, why would you not be part of the phone call if if you weren't leaving? This is done. Like, I, like this I'm is, convinced. This is done this after is, after 2024 when the Big 12's grant of rights is up. If not sooner, because I could see the SEC just saying, what's the bill? We'll pay it. Or Texas just saying, we're not going to pay you. Sue us. Yeah, that too. Like, like we're going to look out for what we, – we have an obligation to look out for what's best for us. Ultimately, I think I saw the number as it would take like $150 million to buy it out. Yeah. But from, from a UC perspective, since that's obviously what we're talking about, here's my wild harebrain idea, which I don't think will happen, and I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen anybody say, would you rather, here, we'll, we'll do it as a would you rather, if you're UC, would you rather join the Big 12, or whatever it is now, Big, it's eight. The roadkill eight. Without Oklahoma and Texas. I'm not crazy about that. Or would you rather stay in the AAC and add West Virginia, TCU, and Oklahoma State? That'll never happen. Where where are those schools going to go if Texas and Oklahoma leave? They'll find somebody to be to backfill the Big 12. But they're not going to have the money. Like, what is the... the uh, what is the TV contract for a conference without Oklahoma and Texas? Probably 15 to $20 million a year would be my guess. Really? Per school. I think they're only still, making like 30 right now. 37. I just don't see it. I don't see how Ames, Iowa, Waco, Texas, Lubbock, Texas, Manhattan, Kansas, Lawrence, Kansas, Morgantown, West Virginia, I don't see how those places have any value to anybody without Texas and Oklahoma. I don't see how the American has more value because you have a bunch of teams in big markets and ultimately no, just, those teams don't matter. It might not have but more what value. What, I, what I'm saying what's, is – What's better for UC, though? Where the Adding money West is. Virginia, having another team in Dallas-Fort Worth, and having arguably the other team in the conference that cares the most about football and basketball and has real money, or joining a league that has eight teams, just lost its two best teams, and then they're backfilling with, I would have the to The top guess, four teams from the American. I would have to guess four to six teams because you're not just replacing Oklahoma and Texas two for two with two other teams and staying No, 10. you got to get to at least 12, I would think. Right, 12 to 16 is the number. So those eight teams with, let's say, Cincinnati, UCF, Memphis, and potentially Houston. Well, the, that's the other thing is the without Oklahoma and Texas, how does TCU and Baylor react to SMU and Houston? Well, I didn't say SMU. I, they're only going to let one in. Are, they, I would are guess... they like absolutely not? Because like we just lost our two best teams. This is our chance to recruit better in Texas. Yeah. We're not letting these Texas teams in. Okay, then so then you do UCF, USF, Cincinnati and Memphis. God, that is a fucking hot garbage conference. Part pardon my French. That conference blows. Because one team different? Because no. you're subbing USF for Houston? 
No, no, I'm just saying just in general, like. So the, is adding West Virginia, TCU, and, and oh, I'm not Oklahoma State to the American. There's one, but I'm just throwing this harebrained idea out there that is it smarter for Oresco to be aggressive and realize that, like, you know West Virginia wants no part of that conference now. Like No. Like, regardless of the money, they want no part of that conference now. Other than maybe they think they can win it on a fairly regular basis now. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still not sure I think they can, but they probably think they can. That They think they – it doesn't matter what we think. Right. They think. But I just look – then, like – so they're like, okay, we already had terrible – terrible conditions for travel and now we don't have the two best teams in the conference that at least when they came to our place we knew it would be sold out wild you know like what here's the thing what is their marquee home game now here's my answer here's my answer i go to the big 12 because i saw what selling the big east name off did to this conference right having that name is going to mean something it's going to mean significantly more than being the American Athletic Conference. Same as how stupid, and I've said this for five years, how ignorant they were for selling the Big East. Well, the American Conference name itself, no matter how good some of the teams do, will always have a stigma of the also-rans who cobbled together because shit happened. You can you can get out of that, but the only way you get out of that is time, right? Because in uber success, you have to break a right. hundred years of tradition of people right. thinking that these programs are still good. Like there are college football fans all over the nation that still think teams that haven't been good in 20 years are actually good. Because they were good in, like, the early 90s or in the 80s. Said from a Tennessee fan, you know exactly what you're speaking of. Yes. Like, so I would take – Tennessee I, this year, they would dog walk them up and down the football field. And there yeah. are Tennessee fans that would go into that stadium, whether it was at Neyland or Nipper, and think, we are going to blow their doors off because they're Cincinnati and they're in the AAC. And it, yeah. it wouldn't be a match. It would be over in the first 10 minutes. So I think the Big 12 name and the money that would come with the Big 12 name will be much more lucrative than remaining the American and adding three teams. Oh, I, I don't disagree. I was just throwing that out there. As like, well, I'm, I'm answering I, your hypothetical. That's yeah, my some, answer to your something hypothetical. That I hadn't heard yet that I was like, well, maybe they try to do this. To, I mean, I can't imagine they're going to just sit on their hands and hope and pray that the Big 12 doesn't add their Do teams. anything? Like, they have to try. They, the American, for as much crap as we talk or whatever, like, they have to be trying to do this. Like, Yeah. Because, like, here, here's the other thing. So if the SEC goes 16, adding Texas and Oklahoma, which I think people are making too big of a deal out of from a competitive standpoint, the playoff is expanding. You can lose two. You can lose maybe three SEC games now and still make the playoff. So who, so who gives hey, a shit? It's Dave, all about money. Who's in charge? Who is in charge 
of the exploratory commission that landed on 12 teams. Well, it's kind of funny. The commissioner of the SEC and the commissioner of the Big 12. <laughs> Greg Sankey's behind this, a you think, thousand you think percent. Greg was laughing like, yeah. at, when he got back to his hotel and he's like, Bob has no idea I'm about to take his two best teams and we're going to 12 teams. I'm going to have four teams in the playoff every year. Like, yeah. all, the, all the money. It's the Dave Chappelle gif of just like with the crown and all the cash. Like, if, if they go to pods. They have to. The, you have to go to pods at 16. The winner of each pod is going to the playoff. Because you can't not go to pods at that point because the whole point of this is to like have good games, which that's the problem with the SEC right now is you're basically playing teams outside of your division that aren't your normal crossovers once every eight years. Yeah. So when you go to pods, you get more matchups more frequently. I heard the possibility of what? It was it – was, Four pods of four. You play yeah. your pod, which is three games. Yeah. And then you play two games against each of the other pods, which will get yes. you to nine. Nine. Did you hear Bob Stoops, by the way, earlier in the week? I did not. Somebody somebody asked him about nine SEC games. Yeah. And he was like, did you see how hard it was with ten? I think we're good at eight. <laughs> <laughs> we really need those three those three cupcakes. Exactly. We're going to have to sack – we're going to have to punt Louisville if we go to nine. So what is, what does this do for like the ACC and the Big Ten? So the ACC is is really interesting because they're the only one that that doesn't have a deal coming up. But here's the the the, the thing though, and I've said this for, well, since the day the Big Ten added Maryland and Rutgers. They did not add Maryland and Rutgers to stop at Maryland and Rutgers. Yeah. So the thing is, so the ACC, Virginia, the ACC has a grant of rights until 2036, Dave. That's a long time. 2036. And apparently it is an individual school grant of rights to the conference, not a conference-wide, right, like, like we you- all agree to the same thing. So you would be giving up your media rights until 2036 to get out of the ACC right now. But I guess my whole thing with the, the grant of rights is like, if you just say, let's just go to court. We'll just fight this thing forever. Okay. Well, at like, some point in time, what if the cows come home and, and you're out, you're out of your media rights for 15 years. That's a I mean, death I sentence. I don't know. I mean, I have not read every article, obviously, because I don't have any interest. But like the, that was the conversation a while ago. Was yeah, so so Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia Tech, like the higher academic level schools. Like so, the big- since then, their media contract came up. They were desperate to start an ACC network, so they agreed to this second-rate, half-ass deal with ESPN that tied them in until twenty thirty-six. Billable hours, baby. Lawyer, I, I don't lawyer think that, up and get out of this thing. I don't think that's a fight you can afford to lose. What if you lose? Oh, hey, not my money. I don't care. I know, but the schools are making these decisions. It is their money. No, but it's just interesting. Like, I have a hard time believing that the Big Ten, especially, is just going to sit back and, like, not try to. So, So if the Big 12 blows up. Kansas would become a very real option for the Big Ten, I think. I don't – no way. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. 
I feel I don't like Kansas, think is, Kansas is destined for like the Mountain West. They don't care that Kansas is bad in football. It's another team for the them to right, beat up. For, for Ohio State to beat the crap out of. And Kansas in basketball is still one of the two or three, like three or four bluest bloods. Oh, for programs. sure. Well, the, our, our guy Moose on the board threw up an interesting one today. Oh, oh He's talking yeah. completely out of his ass. But, Why are uh, you Big telling Ten, me that? Why are you telling me that? Because it's hilarious. I want to see your reaction. Big Ten in talks with UCLA and USC. To, to do what? Like a home and home? With each no, team? To join the to, like to be in the Big Ten. Oh, okay. Sure. Makes tons it, of sense. It's actually, hey, it, hey, it makes no sense. Rutgers in Maryland didn't hey, make Rutgers, any Hey, Rutgers sense, volleyball. You got a, you got a, a flight to uh, UCLA. Hop on it. Okay. Whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't even. It like, makes sense to UCLA it, and USC. It they does not getting, warrant a response. double their money. It does they not double their money. Doesn't warrant a response from me. Good, it, it, good luck. Recruiting in the in in the Big Ten out in California. Good luck. It's USC and UCLA. They're not recruiting good now. You think that's not gonna you think that's gonna help them? Recruiting team rankings. That is an awful idea. I uh, but I hope it happens. USC is 28th, four spots ahead of UC. UCLA is 37th in recruiting rankings, team rankings for 2022. So, yeah, they're not recruiting great. But UCLA has two five stars, or USC has two five stars. Oh, my God. Imagine this is, that. This is so they two, pathetic. They have two five stars and they're still 28th. <laughs> Does this What's just pathetic? sound so? Brett McMurphy tweeted. A oh, ago. yeah. He, yeah. Sources on the Big 12 call told at Stadium, the league wants to know Texas and OU's motivations to leave for SEC. Money, you fucking idiot! Is it financial, question mark, or other issues, question mark? What would it take for them to stay, question mark? Neither UT and OU participate on the call. Source added, I don't think it's 100% they're gone. Like, is that the biggest, like, is it is it me? What What can I do to keep you to stay, honey? Brett McMurphy is such a clown. I'll stop gambling and drinking if you'll please stay. Like cheers. That is just such a, a <laughs> I just I can just picture some some guy that has no pull at one of those schools being his source, being like, is it financial? Of course it's financial. Like if you haven't like Texas is willing to give up the Longhorn Network to join the SEC because they know. But if them in Oklahoma join their new television deal, whenever that happens to be, will be fifty million plus a year, easy. It's already sixty. Oh shit! Well, there you go. It's going to be seventy, seventy-five. Apparently, this was all started because they were starting to work on on their next round of negotiations. Yeah, because it's and, up and in ESPN. The ESPN was basically like, "We're out of the Big Twelve business." Like. Yeah, you guys Fox, can Fox. That's all you, buddy. Yeah, we're out of the Big Twelve business, and so Texas and Oklahoma were like, "Well, if ESPN's out of the Big Twelve business, we probably need to be out of the Big Twelve business too." Well, yeah, because it's like everybody dumps on ESPN 
and sometimes rightfully so, but like, guess what? They're still the ones in the industry that have the most money. So if they were hurt by the pandemic and they're pulling back, guess who else is pulling back? The NBC, Fox, everybody else that's lower on the food chain than them has less money so, to give out. I'm sure you knew this. You know ESPN's leave or uh, the SEC's leaving CBS. Yes, this is their last year. ESPN is going to have the entire SEC contract. Correct. They're starting to they'll start to put games on ESPN Plus. I don't think that's going to be uh, well received. Well, in the fine print, it was like one non-conference football game yeah. and like two non. So like all the SEC fans lost their minds, and then it comes to find out it's like. Your game against Wyoming and your basketball game against Arkansas, Pine Bluff, and Middle Tennessee State. Right. So it's not a big deal at all. So that is during football, during conference season, eight games a day on a Saturday, 16 teams. And the non-conference, it's 16 games. I mean, you know, obviously buys and whatever, it changes it up a little. You have – Three games on ESPN, three time slots on ESPN, three time slots on ESPN2, three time slots on the SEC Network, and three time slots on ABC if ABC is really going to go, like, noon, 3.30, 7 o'clock. Yeah. That's only 12 games that ESPN well, that, can air. That's assuming that those are all home games. If they're non-conference games or road games, they could be on, some, on Fox. Yeah, yeah, the SEC is not playing a bunch of non-conference road games. Well, they're going to start to now with 12-team playoffs because it doesn't matter. True. But you get my point. Yes. Most of the inventory that that ESPN is going to run is going to be SEC. Yeah. They're not going to need Big 12 inventory, especially if they have Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, why would you need – well, that's part of the reason Texas and Oklahoma – that is an actual reason that they, outside of money – they got tired of the 11 o'clock local Fox game. Yeah. Because who the hell wants to watch TCU play Texas Tech? So it's kind of the same situation with the UC. Like, we don't want their games on ESPN Plus, but ESPN Plus is like, you're the only fucking team anybody's going to watch. So nobody's buying our service unless we have you on it. So guess what? You're going on ESPN. It's the same thing. Like, yeah. Sorry, guys, we know you don't want to play 11 o'clock kickoffs on Big Noon Saturday on Fox, but guess what? You're the only team anybody wants to watch, so guess where you're going? Right. So And so Texas and Oklahoma were like, peace out. We don't want to be on 11 o'clock anymore, local time. I'm not thrilled with the idea of backfilling the Big 12. It's just, it's awful, man. But, but you have to. If you but, have is to. It, but it's better. It's still probably better. It's better for recruiting. It's better name brand, and it's gonna be better than money than what the. That's American really gets. the only, that's really the two things. As as devalued as it'll be, it would still be better. It would still yeah. be more money than they're making now. It might not be much more, but it would still be more. My and guess it's is not, it's double. My guess it's is not those... like it's not like they're giving up a bunch of close rivalries to do it either. It's not right. like, oh shit, we they actually gain a rivalry by doing it, like. West Virginia becomes the closest team to them. (laughs) Yeah. If they did this, which is messed up in itself. And, and it's the name thing. It's the recruiting thing. It's the name thing. Like kids, kids won't care that Oklahoma and Texas aren't there anymore. 
After they know that, that, yeah. There's there's kids that they're going to be recruiting four or five years that are eighth graders and freshmen that aren't even paying attention to this. Like, right. they have no idea that this is even happening. And by the time they're in high school, they will just have thought that Texas and Oklahoma were in the SEC for 30 years. Yeah, because everybody's in the SEC. Why wouldn't Texas and Oklahoma already have been there? <laughs> so so it, it really, I mean, I don't love it. But if it gives them more money and gets a game against West Virginia, because I feel like that's as important as anything else. Um, do, what, do your, what do you think the odds are that the ACC tries to jump to 16? I mean, if Notre Dame was willing to go, I'd say they'd already be there. Without Notre They're Dame, not. I, just, I don't see it. I don't, I don't know who – like, I think the ACC would take UC. I don't know who, who would that, be second. I don't know who that 16th team is. Yeah. Because there ain't no damn way on God's green earth that Florida State and Miami are letting UCF in that conference. Oh, hell no. And they don't have the pull just on their own, but they will put the pressure on however many yeah. other teams, schools need the pressure put on them. I don't know what the voting you know dynamics are, but that ain't happening. No. That's so, the biggest problem I think I see so with UC and the ACC. I can, I can totally see Pitt, West or Pitt, Syracuse. How about how about West Virginia? It just I don't know. I don't. I have a hard. They time. don't seem to have ever wanted West Virginia before. They, they could have had West Virginia had anytime before. they wanted. Yeah, yeah they, they could have had them whenever they wanted. I just it's and this is a this is not a not right. I don't agree with this, but I just don't see. Duke, North Carolina, Wake Forest, Boston College, Virginia, being like, yep, yeah, let's bring in West Virginia. That's like when people say the Pac-12 is going to eat up the Big 12 schools. Yeah. You think Stanford and Cal are going to be like, hell yeah, let's go to Stillwater, baby. Yeah. That's a lot of – that's a that's a mix of red and blue that, that doesn't end up in the same drink. Not happening. No, because I can't these see it. decisions get made on the presidential level, and yeah. there is no way that some of those schools in the Pac-12 are merging with a school in Lubbock, Texas, or Manhattan, Kansas, or Waco. Yeah, maybe or, they need to drink the the David Koresh Kool Aid, or Ames, Iowa. But does this just does this just accelerate? Four 16 team conferences and a, and a breakaway it, from the NCAA. I don't, I don't think, see, which I don't think I don't see a breakaway from the NCAA because you and I know this, and some other people know this. Like, if the it, if is, they broke, it is designed this way for a because reason they, because they have if they broke away, they'd have no bad guy to blame shit on anymore, right? The NCAA is the bad guy, and they when, have to police themselves. So, when Alabama yeah. or Auburn breaks the rules your fellow SEC team is the one handing down the punishment. It's not going to, I don't see it happening. No, now I know now I know. And this is what's really interesting about this to me, because you have three power five conferences with new commissioners. Sankey has become like, think about this. Bowsby is like the, the tenured commissioner. Now he's, he's 69 years old. Like he's done in a couple of years. He's done. Nice. Yeah. Um, so Sankey is the power guy. 
he's the yeah he's the new well it's just whoever the next SEC commissioner was he's he's the new Mike Slive and he has been very vocal that Mark Emmert's a clown oh like of anyone in college sports he has been the most vocal like screw that guy he's an idiot so it'll be interesting to see if the SEC tries really to like full play this into we're the boss because that's clearly the end game here, yeah, right? Being the boss, but actually being the ones that make take like, the blame, hand, right? Hand down the decisions. Like that's the thing is like, so are you just going to like not care about recruiting violations, or are you going to appoint a committee from all these conferences to investigate and penalize your schools, your own schools? Like, like, hey, guy from Alabama, guy from Ohio State, guy from USC—they're all on this committee an ex school in whatever conference breaks the rules and they slap them with a five-year bowl ban on their own conference team. Like you're hurting your own league. Right. You're taking money from your own pocket at that point. So you either don't give a shit about anything, which I wouldn't be opposed to. Most of them don't. Or you just continue using that NCAA as your personal punching bag. They continue using the NCAA as their personal punch. Yeah, of course. The smart play is you just get rid of Emirate. Right? Yeah, but the, for some reason, the presidents are fine with him because he, yeah. takes all the, he takes all the heat. They're like, we'll keep paying you two million bucks to just get shit on constantly so that we don't have to answer these questions. You do. Maybe that's the play from Sankey dumping on him is like, we just know we're going to keep dumping on this guy. So yeah. yeah. Who cares? Let's keep the ball rolling. Because like he's clear. He clearly doesn't care because he's he cashing big he checks. Quit Cause he's cashing checks. Right. I'd be like, you, I'd be like, you guys can crap on me all you want. Those checks still cash, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So should I should I give my buddy uh, should I give my buddy Anthony uh, a text or an email tomorrow and see see how he's doing to see if he wants to join the podcast next week? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. I'll hit up John Cunningham too. See if he wants to come on and talk to us. Yeah, we'll have them both on roundtable. Yeah, DCJ roundtable <laughs> conference <laughs> expansion edition. Yeah, yeah. There, you could waterboard the John Cunningham, and he's not going to say anything right now. I would just be saying all sorts of shit. I'd be like, I know you yeah. would. Like, yeah, that's why you're not a. That's why you're not a. a, a no, an AD. I mean, just do it for fun. But yeah, we're gonna because if everything you say is ridiculous, then no one can tell what you're whether you're telling the truth or not. <laughs> because one of the things that I say is probably the truth, but if I just say a ton of stuff, then you don't know which one's real. <laughs> oh and that's talking conference realignment but you know in all honesty like this does make like something else is gonna happen oh yeah like well the big can't the big 12 can't survive at eight either either the big, let's think either the big 12 adds a bunch of teams or the big all those 12 teams goes away go somewhere else so yeah. either either your idea happens or my idea happens Right? Because where else are those teams going? Like, none of those teams are going to the big, the ACC. I mean. You wouldn't think. Wouldn't think they'd be going to the Pac-12. Pac-10, I don't even know what it is now. (laughs) I heard someone the other day, 
I saw something about like, could the Big 12 get Utah and Colorado back? Like, or, or Colorado back and add Utah. I'm like, why would either one of them want to do that? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, the Pac-12 ain't great, but like, you still got Oregon, UCLA, USC, like, And, yeah. and, was, and was the Pac-12's problem the Pac-12, or was the Pac-12's problem really just Larry Scott is an idiot? That could be it as well. Did you see their their commissioner yesterday? I did not. He tweeted out something like, well, just when I thought I was settling into the job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just when I was getting comfortable, here we go. Here we go. Uh. You got any basketball questions for me? I've been, I've been getting a little bit of talking to, to some few little birdies about uh, workouts. Give it to us. Um, what did the birdies say? Birdies are saying things are starting to come together. Um, they're in, I think, week three of team workouts. Uh, and they're, they're really starting to get into some functional stuff. The basics of Wes's offense, the basics of Wes's defense. Um, I know the first couple weeks there was, as you would expect with the new coaching staff there, it, it took a little while to get everybody on the same page and comfortable with, you know, this is how we do things. This is how we expect things done. This is how we run drills. This is how we, you know, how we handle ourselves in a practice setting every day. It sounds like, uh, everything is pretty much starting to get on the same page. Um, I've heard good things about Mikey Saunders. Uh, I've heard good things about John Newman getting adjusted. Um, Vic, they're still, you know, dealing with uh, getting him back to 100%, which is a challenge with a guy that that missed over a year. I know people freak out that uh, you see a video and a guy might not be in the video. Well, he might be riding a bike. Or, you know, he might be getting treatment at the time the video Maybe was shot. Maybe he had to piss. Maybe he had to piss. <laughs> so, I, you know. The, Don't the, analyze one-minute hype videos. Yeah. By, by counting players that are in them or not in them. Like, get a life. But uh, overall, like, collectively as a team, I've heard things are really starting to kind of – everybody's figuring things out. Everybody's – starting to get on the same page and understand what the staff is, is requesting and, and, you know, what the, what the new standard is for how this program is going to run. And, and when you're, you know, essentially cobbling together, you know, there's only three guys on this roster that know what a West Miller practice looked like up until, you know, three weeks ago. So you're, you're trying to squeeze in 10 guys. Uh, into getting them on the same page. And I'll be honest, a week or two ago, there was a lot of concern to the little birdies I talked to, like, oh, this is this is taking some work. Uh, but over the past week, things have started to sound a lot better, started to sound like everybody's getting comfortable um, and, and starting to get on the same page. So that is good news, I think. Wonderful. Where, where are you headed this weekend? I am headed to Indianapolis in the morning. So who are we going to see in Indy? We are definitely going to see Daniel Skillings. Great, great name, by the way. Yes. 
A lot of people I talk to have been very excited about. Is this he twenty twenty two? He is twenty twenty two. Okay. Um, he did not start playing basketball until he was in ninth grade. So, like so basically, two years ago, three years, two ago? years ago, yeah, two years ago, he started playing basketball. Which. Uh, <laughs> Seems like he's got uh, some upward trajectory in his game. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that the people I talk to have been most excited about with this kid is that he's going to be, by the time he arrives next summer, he's going to be twice as good as he is now just by default. Well, that's the thing is, like, when you evaluate a kid like that, how much of it is, like, he just doesn't know what he doesn't know. Right. Like, you can't knock him for something if he legitimately hasn't done it before. Right. So uh, I know they're very excited about him. I'm really fired up to uh, to get a look at Daniel Skillings. Um, and then there's there's a couple others. I, I think depending on you know how I how things go this weekend. I know they're keeping an eye on uh, a kid from Atlanta that. Uh, I'm just scrolling through, seeing if what all I need to uh, to get in here. Um, there's a kid from Atlanta that I know they're they're very intrigued with. Like I've said before, like the big thing right now is they know they need they need a wing scorer. So Skillings is right up there. Sends the ball is up there, but that one's the one I worry about just because I know like getting harder and harder each weekend. Well, one, it's getting harder and harder each weekend. And two, it's, it's because of one specific thing, which is his parents are very, very academically motivated. And now this kid's starting to hear from like Stanford and Virginia and, you know, you're going to be in a, a tough spot there. If you're getting the elite academic schools, that are starting to jump in on the kid um, yeah, that, that just popped up on the board. This is good. Also don't stink at basketball. Right. This just popped up on the board as well. Which board? Ours. Well, He's no, releasing no basketball. Yeah. Basketball. We're talking basketball. Well, Hey, I don't know. Maybe some breaking news happened. Sensible is releasing his top five next Friday. Which would maybe be good news for Cincinnati if he's if he's cutting it down that fast. Um, so we'll see on Sensible. Uh, the name that I think is interesting to watch this weekend, the kid from Atlanta, his name's Josh Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's another guy that apparently is just a bucket getter. Like he he's not he's not long or he's not going to wow you with his athleticism or size. But he's a kid on the wing that knows how to put the ball in the basket. Does he roll out of bed and score? Score in 10 points. 10 points. Hopefully. That would be, that would be well, a good one. How, how many people roll out of bed? Uh, I might roll out of bed in the morning because my – tomorrow morning because my back's a little, a little wonky That's right like now. like one of those old sayings like, oh, you just rolled out of bed. No, you didn't. You like sat up, put your feet on the floor, and got out of bed. I mean, maybe you roll. I don't know. 
You never rolled out of bed? I mean, my, I bed, out of bed. my bed's like three feet off the ground. If I rolled out of bed, I'd hurt myself. Me too. Well, that's what I was going to get to. I rolled out of bed once uh, at like four o'clock in the morning and I hit my lip on my nightstand and split it open and had to get five stitches. So rolling out of bed is it's not a great idea. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It is very dangerous. That, that was one of those. That was actually a, a side effect of going on the road, Dave. Have I told that story on this podcast before? Probably, but tell it again because every podcast is someone's first podcast. Yeah, I was I was on the road two summers, two or three summers ago, and you spend a lot of time in hotels. Oh, hold on, hold right? on. I don't mean to interrupt, but are, is this your method way to try to get me to go two hours? No, we're not going two hours because we're we're already at like an hour and fifteen, and I'm pretty much done. Yeah, I'm I'm almost done. Like I, we're not. This isn't going to be much longer. <laughs> Hey, um, disappoint all you guys that think we're going to go two hours. That's the Monday night show. Um, so I had been on the road for the better part of like three weeks, right? What happens when you're on the road? You sleep in crappy beds. Well, not necessarily. Depends on how much you're willing to well, spend on di- hotel different rooms. Bed, different beds. Yeah. Um, you're sleeping on bigger beds without a second person in the bed, right? So I'm generally sleeping on king size beds by myself. And then I came back home and the first night I was home, I'm sleeping on a queen size bed with my wife. And my body just thought I could, you know, roll around in bed like I had been on the road for three weeks. And uh, that didn't work. And I fell and I busted my lip. And I had to go to the hospital at 4.30 in the morning. I had to go to the emergency room to get stitches. You have a lot of lip issues. My lips apparently split really, really easily. Like, it's a good thing I didn't decide to be a are boxer. You like, are you like leather lips in Dick Tracy? Maybe. Like, my lips are pretty normal lips. <laughs> but apparently, like, one, one small bump to my lip, and my lip just splits done, wide open. And, yeah, and I need, like, Explosion. I need five, six stitches. So that's my rolling out of bed story. I have rolled out of bed apparently once in my life and it resulted in stitches. I feel like it happens. Great way to great spot to end the podcast. I don't have anything else left. I'm not, even if I did, I'm not really interested in talking about anything else. I'm ready to go outside and drink another beer, smoke a cigar and jump in the pool. All right. Well, you enjoy that. We'll be back next week to try to get you to two hours. Send Anthony a text and see if he'll join us. It, we're a little <laughs> early. He said he said later in August, as we get closer to the season, he'd be happy to join, talk about what's going on, game day experience, new things at, at Nipper, enhanced things at Nipper. I've been privy to some information that I'm not allowed to say because I signed my life away. So if he wants to bring that up, he can bring it up. But... Uh, yeah, he was more than happy. So he'd come back on, talk about the upcoming season, and I'll try to pull out of him who they're trying to schedule for non-conference 2024-2025 because I've figured out who the possible teams are that even have availability for two games, home and home and in those years. So we'll see if we can, can work it out of him. That's what these people don't get sometimes. They don't get how crazy like we are and our and our members on the board are. If there's a riddle, we will solve it. 
because that's what we do. Yeah. That's that is what we do. All right. That's a wrap. Abridged version. Only an hour and 10, hour and 15 tonight. Abridged version of the Holy Grail BC J podcast. But hopefully a lot of information. And I'm sure there will be a lot of discussion. Well, I, I said, I just, as I well. just tweeted. I was like, we talked about it, you savages. <laughs> so, so, yeah. They should be we'll happy. see you Monday for the BBP. We will see you next Thursday, a week from tonight as that will be basically one week from the start of camp. The following Thursday will be our camp preview episode. Uh, I'll try to work on something special for that. So it's almost time, Dave. It's almost time. They report, they report to Camp Higher Ground two weeks from tomorrow. Hell yeah. Let's All right. Thing. <laughs> He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. We'll see you next time. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.